Hey, it's time for the adventure to begin as we take a look at Islands of Adventure. From the Bob Varley Studio, this is the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. This is episode 23 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation, whether you need round-trip transportation and tickets from Disney or a vacation package. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Universal Edition of The Diz Unplugged. I, of course, am your host, Craig Williams, along with Jenny Lynn Knopp, oh, Ryan Rhino Clavon, and back on the controls, our producer, Dustin West. Only going slightly crazy back here, but I'm good. Only slightly, yeah. We're uh, trying out a bunch of new different things today, uh, so we apologize uh, for all that technical issues if you're trying to tune in live right at the start. Uh, we, we worked it all out, though, and of course we're here now, so it's all fine. Um, I have to mention... Uh, if you can see, it's just the three of us and Dustin uh, today. This is supposed to be a Julie Martin day where she's on, but she is at home with the flu. Uh, so we're sending her warm thoughts and uh, maybe toast. Get better, Julie. Chicken noodle soup. I don't know. Something that really helps the stomach settle. That was probably too much information. I feel like I should have She's not going to be happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's hope she's just not watching or listening. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, later on we're going to be talking about uh, Islands of Adventure going through our 101 series. But uh, before we get to all of that, we have to go through our housekeeping, corrections, omissions, questions, and everything else. So I'm going to start off talking about uh, contributing to the universal uh, portion of the Diz. We are still looking for contributors. We've had a couple post articles recently, one about Give Kids the World that we even talked about on the show last week. Uh, and then we had one other one go up about the best and worst package suites of the Wizarding World. It was a good article. That's Clearly. actually would be worth reading. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're all worth reading. Uh, <laughs> thank wow. you for wow. belittling the work that I do and, and trying to get contributors <laughs> to help with. But Craig, no, they're, you know they're very good. Craig, you know I print and frame all of your articles. <laughs> oh, you? look at this suck-up over on this, the other uh, side of the table. Yeah. <laughs> I have the Craig room at my house. The sweetest, <laughs> you too? most creepiest thing I've ever heard, but I appreciate that. They're really good articles, except for the ones that aren't so good. Those are bad. Um, but yeah, anyone who wants to contribute, you can go ahead and sign up. There will be a link to that in the show notes page, and you can get to the show notes page at disunplug.com. Uh, then you find the little universal blue icon, and if you click on that, that'll show all of our shows, including the most recent one, and the links will be in there for that. So sign up if you have anything to say about universal, and uh, maybe it'll get published and you'll get money for it. It all works. Um, also wanted to let everyone know that we are now also on Stitcher, if that's how you listen to your podcasts. Um, I don't know who actually listens to it that way, but do pray tell what is Stitcher? Yeah, I've never heard of that till this moment. Stitcher is like a podcast radio app that I guess all of the other shows that we have are already on, and so now we're on it too. We're joining the herd. Yeah. So now, if I, I mean, it's an app and everything. And Everybody's doing it. I never knew about it, but um, we're we're on there. So if you want to listen to us through Stitcher, you can listen to us through Stitcher. And then, of course, on YouTube.com slash WDWinfo and uh, through iTunes, Diz Unplugged Universal Edition, all those ways. Just figure out a way to get to us. And uh, then once you do listen, comment, like, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, email. We've got all those different pages. Do whatever you want. Just go crazy. Uh, we might even answer. We might even say something on the show if you take the time to, to say anything to us. Sometimes, maybe. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. We'll see. I love um, the certainty we have here. There's no certainty today. <laughs> the fact that this day happened is just good on its own. It's a miracle. Yeah. It's really a miracle of science. Yeah. And it really is. Our, the people who actually love us will know that we were up very late last night trying to get all of this to work. Um, so, yeah, this is just a blessing that we're here today and everything's going down. Uh, 
but then because of that, some things have been delayed, like everything that Jenny Lynn and I covered during a celebration of Harry Potter. Nothing is still out there yet. You can go back on our social media channels and read about the weekend, but I've got a lot of videos and a blog and next week we'll have a mini segment about that. And that it's all coming. It's just, there's been no time since we've finished up. It's True. been a really, I did some really cool week. live tweeting. You did. The, your tweeting was amazing. We added over 50 followers. I think we had, <gasps> I, I want to say we had around 14,000 views total with all the tweets that went out that weekend. So I got some of them and Go I'm us. terrible at Twitter. Go us. Yeah. Go us. So good job. Go you. You yeah. just, you're doing everything that, right this, this time. this grandpa here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then also this weekend is the start of Mardi Gras Universal. I think we didn't make any plans to go to this first one. I'll be there on Saturday for night. For Miss Newton-John? For Ms. Newton-John. Mrs. maybe. I don't know what her relationship status is. I like a good hyphenated last name, you know. Yeah. Are you bringing your roller skates? Because we know you love Xanadu. You ready no, to get I'm, physical? I'm probably going to bring <laughs> a video camera. Uh Maybe leg, at least leg warmers. No, I'm I'm just going to dress in normal clothing, but <laughs> that starts and uh, we'll start covering all that stuff, and it'll be on a later show. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and waste time with that. Uh, whenever there's more pressing things, uh, we'll we'll jump into it. We got an email from someone about the show that we did last week. Oh, cool. Um, I know it is cool. It is cool. You don't get those emails. No, you don't get them. Yeah, Um, thanks. We had his name is Pete, I believe. Maybe Peter. I couldn't tell. Uh, He didn't have his name in his email address, so I had to just guess uh, based on reading the email. But he wanted to chime in on our HHN discussion of what he would like to see, and he actually suggested a Conjuring House. Oh, right. I loved that movie. As soon as I read that email, I thought, "How did we miss that?" Yeah. It just didn't stick out to me. But, uh, of course, Conjuring was directed by James Wan. Mm-hmm. And he also did Insidious and mm-hmm. Insidious 2. And he started up the whole Saw franchise. And Universal's did a Saw. They did a Saw house years ago. And uh, I believe two years ago out in Hollywood, they even did an, uh, an Insidious house. Oh, where you cool. see the actual house from the movie and you walk right in and then all the creepy stuff happens. So, yeah, it would be a perfect fit. I'm sure it's actually going to come in the future sometime. But appreciate Pete's uh, chiming in on what he'd like to see. And uh, Thanks, Pete. Yeah, thanks, Pete, if that is your name. If it's not, then <laughs> that is sorry. Your name. You should have put your name. Sandra. Um, and then also wanted to uh, correct ourselves. Um Never. <laughs> we we talked about how exciting. I, I specifically brought it up that it would be exciting to do a, a Jurassic Park house this yes. year. And uh, it turns out that they already did it a long, long time ago. Our point is still valid. Whether we knew that they had already done it or not, they it should was still do it. a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted to see the puppets with like velociraptors and stuff like that. But they did it a long time ago, back whenever when it Craig was. Craig was a wee little. When craigling. I was a wee lad, of some <laughs> some years, and it was some strange mixture of man dinosaurs in the maze, and this was during the year that it was solely at Islands of Adventure. So I don't know a lot about it. If anyone else knows more about that, experienced it, wants to uh, share your thoughts with us, let us know because that would uh, that would be helpful. I'd like to know a little bit more about I'm it. I'm curious if there's any video. I should should have like did a you done a I, d- I just don't search. know any YouTube what YouTube. La, 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 la. Is there it's a it's a video okay. site on the internet. Never heard of it. <laughs> um I'll have to check that out one time. I feel like they could could find a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, and then just one other little one. Um, got an email just last night, I believe, from one of the the friends of the show, Shane Grizzard. Uh, I hope. Oh, you, I know Shane. Red yeah, Hat Shane. Did you work with him? him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I worked with him at the Backlot Tour and uh, Lights Motors Action, and he's cool. I worked with him at Universal too. And, oh, you did? Yep. And, Friend in common. Yeah. I used to watch wrestling with him. Oh, my, oh, really? We all know okay. him. So oh. we all know him. Uh, I've got to uh, just point it out there. I don't know who Shane is. So <laughs> You've probably met him at one point in time. My at- Halloween party. Did you come to my Halloween party? This uh, is irrelevant for the yeah, show. Yeah, it's right. irrelevant. <laughs> so it's a, we kind of got off track there. But he uh, chimed in on uh, the 101 episode we did last week uh, with all the talk about Dramamine and getting sick. Oh, okay. And it's something I completely forgot about. And he pointed out to us again that a lot of the attractions like Despicable Me and Terminator have stationary seating. 
So if you do get sick or oh. you don't like to be put in that environment, you can ask and get really the cool. stationary seating so that way uh, you're you're fine and yeah. you don't get as motion sick. And then in like the case of Despicable Me, I guess there's a height requirement there that I can't think of off the top of my head. I know there is. Oh, I took a video of the minions all stacked on top yeah, of each other. And yeah. So if your kid doesn't meet the height requirement, they can still apparently sit in the stationary seating with you. So it's a way, if your kids are too young to actually go on the ride or too short, they still have a way to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, so I appreciate, I didn't know the part about the height requirement uh, way work around on that. So thank you so much, Shane, for uh, pointing that out. And then he also threw in on the HHN and he said, a Legends of the Hidden Temple House. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, it just, even if it had that same design and all it was was the uh, the warriors or whatever they were that would pop out of the walls. Oh, people, yeah, yeah. That would still be fun. It would be a nice, like, kind of goofy house whenever they try to do those Is every year. Is this a boy thing? Yeah, well, no, not, well, uh, no, what not it, really. What we're talking Nickelodeon. About. It was uh, like, a, like a game show on Nickelodeon in, like, oh. the 90s. Yeah, you've probably seen the T-shirts walking cable. around the parks. I was such a sad, I had such a sad childhood without cable. I don't know, cable. Jenny Lynn, so I made an effort, though. <laughs> okay. Whoa. <laughs> well, this is depressing, so let's let's cut all that and... Uh, let's move along. You know, let's move along and let's actually get on to the whole reason why we're here today. Islands of Adventure Yay. 101. Basic overview. Let's try not to get too in-depth in anything. Okay. But, uh, of course, like we did for the Universal one, let's talk about the history, because it had to start from somewhere. It didn't just... It fell out of the sky. It didn't no just big fall bang. out of the sky and open up one day. Yeah, I mean, there w- there might have been, but we're not going to get into that one either. <laughs> we're just going to keep checking off all these comments and stuff we're not going to talk about. Uh, so Islands of Adventure announced back in, in 1993, the year of our Lord, 1993. Um, oh and it was announced right along with the entertainment complex that they already had out in Hollywood called CityWalk. Mm-hmm. I think oh, I might have heard of that before. That's it. You might, you may or may not have heard of that. I might have even my, been there uh, last night. My GPS sometimes will try and give me directions to the city walk in Hollywood, California. So it'll be like, <laughs> if you drive straight, it's about thirty six hours or something. And I was like, <laughs> I live an exit down from this. <laughs> well, that's very convenient. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Islands of Adventure was originally conceived as kind of a, a tunish type park where uh you're gonna see characters coming from dc comics so that's your batman realm and uh warner's brother cartoons so yes i'm whispering superman i'm sorry we all heard you you (laughs) could have whispered it louder uh so the warner brothers cartoons bugs bunny daffy duck all all those good guys um and then dr seuss characters were also conceived for this um of course dc didn't really work out and in replace of that we got marvel and uh, I have a quick question about yeah. that, real quick. Um, so, was uh, I don't know if you know this, but was the when they were planning Islands of Adventure was this pre DC being in like Six Flags theme parks, or was that like? Oh. I'm wondering if that was like they didn't work out with Universal and then they popped in somewhere else. If that's a well, I mean the Warner Brothers characters also ended up over at Six Flags, yeah. so that could be very possible that it didn't work out with them because Six Flags beat them to the punch. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't go that much into detail on it. So if anyway, anyone knows a, out there, curious. throw it out yeah. to us. Um, but yeah, so then also Warner Brothers cartoons never showed up, and instead we got uh, the I believe it's King Stewards comics is kind of the over arching realm of all those uh sunday funnies but those ended up in there uh jurassic park in toon lagoon area yes and uh jurassic park came out in 1993 and it was kind of a big deal i I think (laughs) just kind of a big deal and so all of a sudden that gets thrown in there as well and uh then there was there's always been some uh talk about it but as the the story goes a bunch of imagineers were upset with the development on beastly kingdom over at uh animal kingdom that never came to be so all these imagineers left disney and came over to universal and then all of a sudden started forming all of these ideas that maybe they also borrowed from their time at disney and some of those ended up in the lost continent as well rounding out the entire park that's why there's a a dragon head on the entrance of animal kingdom right because that was the original conceived yeah, there's uh, on the original Animal Kingdom logo, there's the dragon that mm-hmm. used to be a part of it. And then on the way to Camp Mini Mickey, there was that kind of dragon head 
statue that was kind of poking out and that was supposed to be the whole area but of course none of that ended up coming to be and what? so the story goes they so went to universal and then universal. eventually dragon challenge or dueling dragons at the time opened up and kind of had that dustin did you know anything else more about that oh, what about Just. the fact that uh camp mini mickey took over beastly kingdom yeah um all i know is, is now we're getting avatar land and now we will have Wonderful. dragons um, well, we have something large dragons, blue but. people. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all the all the pieces of the puzzle were in place. Uh, construction and uh, previews of the whole area started in 97. So you over at the Delancey Street Preview Center, that's now the film vault. You could oh. kind of get a good look at what Islands of Adventure was forming up to be. Um, and then around March of 1998. Universal Studios Florida, knowing that it was about to become a whole vacation destination, turned into Universal Studios Escape, which I never had known that before. Um, I didn't either. Like, and I, I remember coming like the year that around that time, like we had talked about earlier in the show, like for the preview of. We didn't go in though because my mom was like, "I don't know what this is. I didn't do research." But um, I remember that. I just don't remember the name being changed oh. at all. It was that, and uh, that was to preempt Islands of Adventure and City Walk and uh, the Portofino Hotel coming. Uh, and then on May 28th, Island of 1999, Islands of Adventure officially opened up with all the lands we said, Port of Entry, Seuss Landing, Lost Continent, Jurassic Park, Toon Lagoon, Marvel Superhero Island. And it was not a hit right away from what I've, I've read about in the Orlando Sentinel of 2000. I'm surprised about that. Uh, the reason being? Well, uh, the reason being is because way back yonder, whenever it was Universal Studios Escape, apparently people couldn't Escape. disassociate the fact that you know the whole area is called that now. So they just assumed that Universal Studios Florida added on this little expansion of islands of adventure and so that's all it was they didn't they thought it was an extra land i mean that's i i've read that rumor several places all around but that's what they said to blame so they changed the name to universal orlando resort ditching the escape and then once people could associate there was islands of adventure a full park and then universal studios florida then attendance rose, and it was one of the only parks, apparently, that did well after 9-11. It's the oh, wow. opposite problem they had with Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Exactly. <laughs> everyone thought, and that's why I wanted to bring that up, because everyone thought Wizarding World, whenever it opened up, that it was a whole park. And then they get there and find out that it's just one little land on it. So, you know, I think the real thing is people just aren't doing enough research yeah, to figure say, out weird... what is what. Interesting well, also, thing that I named the world, can do that. The, the world, the word world, yeah, that ty- kind of implies well, you think its own separate Disney world, thing. you think like big, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, I think you guys are too blue sky about all of this. You need to <laughs> take a step back and realize that not everything has to be large because it says world, you know, apparently not. Ariel's world was not that large. What are you talking about? Well, that's another show. <laughs> it is another show for another time, but let's get up to present day, uh, Islands of Adventure. It's still around, believe it or not. Uh, and it also, from everything I've did research on, it hasn't changed a lot except for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter expansion that happened in 2010. That and, was, and in some parts you can tell. Oh well, yeah, there are some areas <laughs> you can definitely tell. Um, the Wizarding World was kind of wedged into the Lost Continent way at the end of the back. So before that part of Lost Continent was Merlinwood. I didn't even know that Lost Continent had names before this for separate ones. So, you know, for me saying I'm a universal expert, I guess I didn't know a lot. But uh, Sinbad's Bazaar and the Lost City are still a part of the Lost Continent to this day. And we no longer have Merlinwood. Whoa. Sorry. It's fine. (laughs) If you're listening, Jenny Lynn sneezed, but you didn't hear it. Silently. It was amazing. Uh, So let's just jump right into the park. Uh, Port of Entry. Wait a minute. First. Do you want to start with the video first? Oh! Okay, yeah. Rhino put together another video that I flat out told him that I would forget to uh, mention on the show. So For the second time. Yeah, but that was awesome. So before uh, anything else, go ahead and watch this video. If you're listening, you will be able to see it on YouTube later. But let's roll it now. 
Wow. Well, thank you very much, Rhino. That was uh, another great video. Uh, You're two for two, in my opinion, but I guess it only matters what other people think. Uh, But (laughs) now let's start into it. You're going to find out really quickly that we actually went the opposite way. If you watched it um, in the video, it went from Marvel all the way around and ended at Seuss. We are going to go the complete opposite way uh, for fun. So uh, let's jump right in, though. Port of Entry. That's the one thing that's right. So Port of Entry is the first island you technically pass through in, well, it's also the park entrance. Uh, and Port of Entry, of course, is if you've ever cruised before in your lifetime, you would know that whenever you come off of a cruise ship, that's kind of what Port of Entry is exactly oh. like, just a mishmash of shopping and dining and gypsies. That makes a tramps. lot more so sense clever. to me right now. I was always like, I mean, I, I get Port of Entry like I was like, oh, we walk in here. But I was, I didn't know it was an island. But now that you're saying that, I was like, oh, this makes a lot more sense. Well, and then if you even think about it, uh, from the outside of the park looking in, Universal Studios has the globe and the arches. And that's, as we talked about with that park, that's their weenie drawing you in. Oh, yeah. However, Islands of Adventure, uh, you know, you have that lighthouse, which is the Pharaoh's Lighthouse supposedly based on the Pharaoh's Lighthouse of Alexandria that is one of the eight wonders of the world. Um, but I'm, from what I'm, I've seen, it doesn't look anything like it. <laughs> one of the things I wanted to point out, and I pointed it out in the, uh, I, I believe it was the Universal 101, is that they put their weenies outside of the park. Yep. Um, and I think that's really cool. And I think that has something to do with their city walk approach to the way they're um, uh, out they outlined their parks is, you know, you're in city walk. They want to draw you in. And yep. so instead of being down a main street where the castle is, it's outside in the front of the park. I think it's interesting and it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Well, plus with Islands of adventure, let's say you spend the entire day there. You see that whenever you're walking through city walk in the morning and you're drawn right to it. And then at the end of the day, if you stay there all night, that lighthouse actually turns on yeah. and that light's moving at night. So let's say you're anywhere in the park, you should still be able to see that light spinning the entire time. So you always know where that, that entrance is, how to find your way back home if you ever get lost. Um, Such as Jenny Lynn does. Which that's, once again, <laughs> another thing on its own that we could talk about. Uh, so we get inside Port of Entry, and like I said before, it's a lot of shopping and dining. There actually isn't any attractions in port of entry anymore whenever it first opened up there was the island skipper tours which was kind of a boat launch that took you across the lagoon um and it would take you and drop you off in jurassic park but that Uh, ended around 2002 was that like where the discovery center is that why they have that big entrance at the like you know when you go into jurassic park there's like a discovery center and there's two floors of it. And the second floor, there's like this really nice entranceway that looks like the build, like from the movie, looks like the building from the movie, but it just, there's no traffic through there. And I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, they- from what I understand, the boat launch in the Jurassic Park section was all the way down this path that is no longer really that visible anymore because whenever Wizarding World construction happened, they built a bridge to go from Lost Continent to, oh, the, yeah. uh, to Jurassic Park. And it was kind of back on the other side of there. Okay. But that was open up at one point in time. Like I said, it isn't anymore. So now you just forced to walk all the way around if, if you want to get all the way back there. But, uh, and just in terms of the park in general, this is where you get the idea that it's kind of that hub and spoke style type park, like, uh, magic Magic Kingdom. kingdom or, or animal kingdom, but there's no, main centerpiece in the middle like you don't have the castle and you can't just cross through and intersect at islands of adventure you have to walk all the way around in a big circle because there's just water right in the middle but it's still really easy to navigate because of that you can't get lost wondering where you are unless once again you are jenny lynn Knopp <laughs> in this episode uh so just real quick to mention the dining here you have croissant moon bakery which is a bakery uh confisco grill and backwater bar uh, so that is one of only two actual fu- full service uh, dining venues in the park itself. And then the backwater bar is one of uh, one of the bars that you can go to and relax during the middle of the day. And that's actually a cool bar because uh, right beside the entrance to it is still one of the uh, original sponsors of the park Seagram's. And they have a nice little mural there that you can see. And if you're watching the video version, you'll see a picture of it and, if you're not, we'll have these pictures in the show notes or link to them in the show notes so you can see it. Uh, and then in Port of Entry, you'll also find the Starbucks, Cinnabon, and Arctic Express. 
So all different places to uh, get your drink on. Um, shopping in the area, there's a lot of shopping too. There's DeFoto's Expedition Photography, which camera stuff. Uh, the Islands of Adventure Trading Company, basically their studio store. That's where you'll have a mix of absolutely everything you could ever want. Ocean Trader Market, that's got more gypsy stuff. It's very gypsy themed here. Uh, Port of Entry Christmas Shop, that is their Christmas shop, and it's actually wonderfully themed. It is. Um, Lots of Grinch stuff. It's got the, yeah, it's got the Grinch and Max statue oh, in yeah. there that I love. No, it's great. Uh, Island Market and Export Candy Shop and Port Provisions round out the entire area. But overall, Port of Entry, even though it's just a walkthrough for most people, this is one of the most heavily themed areas of mm-hmm. the park in itself. I uh, agree. There is so much happening. If you walk through there at the end of the night when no one's really around, it's basically like a replica of Main Street USA in that if you walk down Main Street at any of the Magic Kingdoms, you'll hear voices coming from the upstairs windows and all that. And the same thing happens there. You can hear oh. conversations and lots of stuff going on. But, you know, whenever it's noisy in the middle of the day, a lot of times you don't hear this stuff. But... I, overall, I mean, just you could take an hour walking through yeah. there, looking up at everything, checking out the windows. There's nods to Universal Creative, just like Disney does nods to Imagineering. It's almost like the Imagineers that left Disney to come to Universal Creative might have had a hand in Port of Entry and then another heavily themed area, Lost Continent, just based on the, how it's all set up so similarly to a Disney park. I think Port of Entry is a good um, start into the park for the same reason um, you were saying it's so heavily themed. Like, there's just so much to look at. The architecture is, like, really cool in there. And it's just, I feel about that about every land at um, Islands of Adventure is that they didn't they they didn't go, like, halfway in. They went, like, 150% into it. And they were, like, make it over the top, whatever it is. I agree. I, um, it has the, a really good feel of it. You know, giving the impression of being a living, breathing, you know, residential area with shopping and places to eat. And like you said, you hear the voices and the sounds just like you do on Main Street. And the theming is excellent. My kids actually enjoy being in this area just for photo opportunities. They have little things all around the place that you can get pictures with. And they just think that that's so much fun. That's a great point. There, There is a lot of stuff like that. And uh, no, it's, it's awesome. I really urge people to actually take the time to walk through slowly enjoy every aspect of it i think it really sets the tone for the entire park and you know it gives it does give you a sense of adventure and the theming is so good that i mean i remember the first time i ever went there my before i ever went to universal my impression was well they're they're i'm sure they're fun but they're not as good as 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 disney especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to theming i walked into islands of adventure for the first time took a look at port of entry and thought i was wrong wow that's some beautiful insight uh, so we're going to take a right out of Port of Entry and head to Seuss Landing. Uh, Seuss Landing, if you can't figure it out, it uh, brings to life all of Dr. Seuss's beloved books. Yes. Children's books, that is. Uh, and Seuss Landing is full of bright colors, curves, just really wacky. Well, bright colors is an understatement. <laughs> yes. I was, my, my one gripe about Seuss Landing is that it looks washed out. It's supposed yeah. to have bright colors, but it just looks like the sun's been yeah. a little it's bit too hard. It's gone very pastel. Over yeah, the it's, it's Easter colored now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you can still get the idea from it. But uh, like, they really took the time to make it as crazy wow. as they could. But the all of the palm trees and stuff that you find in this area, they actually like shaved them into the Lorax it, tree shape, right? Like, well, somebody the, saw some the of those, palm yeah. trees. They took from hurricane affected areas that were like really bad, so that way they oh, could so bring them in, like and they'd already be curved thing. like that. So oh, wow. they, that's they, how they did that. Yeah, they they uh, took a lot of time to really get the theming down pat in uh, this place. But um, if anyone's grown up reading Dr. Seuss books, had them read to them, I think this is one of the best lands, and this is mm-hmm. the kid centric. <laughs> Uh, area of the park although there are many playgrounds throughout the entire park this is the most that is just like boom put your kids here they'll like it well it's still enjoyable for adults as well i mean they have that trolley in the sky that's one of my favorite things to do it's kind of like the universal's answer to the wedway people mover um but 
Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's a little bit. My kids find it a little bit disturbing, but in general, <laughs> um, Doctor Seuss himself is a little bit disturbing. So yeah. it captures that very effectively. I mean, the themes, like basing it on Nazism and just a lot of that darker stuff, even though it's hidden in children's books, there's a lot of heavy, hmm. deep meaning in all of it. I mean, we all know Lorax and I just only knew about Horton. Here's a Hugh being communist. Is all. Yeah, there, there's a lot of weird <laughs> stuff. Read, definitely take the time to read more about Doctor Seuss and his issues but tell us what's um, there craig well what is there well first off as soon as you walk in on your left you'll see if i ran the zoo that is a kids play area um and i don't ever go playing in there because that would just be a little weird but i'm sure kids do love it uh and then also you'll be able to see the carousel and that of course is their carousel of the park that's got all sorts of fun uh dr seuss looking characters i think one of the things that's neat about this carousel is it has certain carousel animals have little a little extra feature where you can move them while you're riding oh you can make their eyes blink or their neck go back and forth not every single one but some of them Uh, and i believe no two are the exact same every they're all all unique carousel pieces yeah. yeah I believe. Don't don't take my word for it, but I do believe. Um, and then, kind of the signature attraction of the whole area is the Cat in the Hat. Uh, that is a a dark ride that's actually a pretty hefty dark ride. Um, so you think you're going to start off in this nice little fun Disney-ish type, but then you realize they're spinning and yeah. well, those things, thing one and two, they're thing one and thing two. They're pretty crazy characters, and uh, it's it's a really great ride. It takes you right through the story of. Dr. Seuss says the cat in the hat. I really got tripped up on that. You know, it's um, just to just to be forewarned. Uh, the Cat in the Hat ride is definitely a family friendly ride, but at the same time, it has a bit of a fun house um, feeling Aspect, to yeah. it. Yeah. So some kids may find it a little bit disturbing. Mine talked about questioning life as a result of being on that ride. <laughs> right. But. Um, <laughs> It's, I, I it's, compare it to like <laughs> the Winnie the Pooh ride seems a little trippy at Magic Kingdom, yeah. and I feel like this is on that level, but m- to a more extreme. I would even say Mr. Toad kind of yeah, yeah. into that dark, yeah. a little more it, more exciting yeah. vehicle movements. But it, okay. it's still a, a must see attraction, yes. as yes. far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah. Uh, oh, the stories you'll hear is kind of a little like little production that they'll put on every now and then with Hmm. some of the stories. And then of course there's meet and greet opportunities with, with the Grinch and other. It's all tucked in the back by one fish. And I always, I love that. I always, I will say on that note, every, this is one land that I always walk through and I always see like people dressed as who's there. Yeah. And I, and like the movie, like the Grinch who's, so they have the nose come down and the makeup is fantastic for like the park meet and greet. I just think it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. That is the spinning Dumbo-ish type attraction that I don't know what it's actually called in terms of that, but I've talked about it on this show many times. It's a lot more unique in that there's a song that goes along with it. And if you don't follow the instructions of the song, you are going to wind up soaking wet at the end of the ride. Oh. And the song's obnoxious. It's, uh, nightmares of listening to it over and over again, but you know you can't beat it. It's a uh, it's a it's a wild wet good time. And then we already kind of mentioned oh. it: the high in the sky Seuss trolley train ride. Um, the longest wait to get on that ride. It's it's just like I don't know what it is. Just slow dispatch or something like that. Cool yeah. ride, but just I cool love ride. that ride. And of course, it tells the story of the uh, the Sneeches. Some do, have star bellies and some don't. That's where the, the Nazism comes in. Are there oh, not two tracks? Great. There are two tracks. Because I was like, I, I feel like I'm losing my mind. I know that I've been on it one time and it was about the Sneetches, and then I went on it another time and it was like about the alphabet or something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't. Two I didn't make that up. When I was making that video, fun fact, I stood with my camera for 20 minutes, pointed at one of the tracks that wasn't functioning that yeah, day, they don't, and I was like, man, this ride is slow. <laughs> they don't both function all the time, but uh, they. Yeah, there are two different tracks that you can go on, so maybe always a different story. Maybe. Uh, and before it even opened up, apparently, from what I was reading, it was supposed to be Sylvester McMonkey McBean's very <laughs> unusual driving machine. Well, there you go. But they had, it was just like, almost you could control the speed that you were going, oh. but on those same tracks, and it just never opened up, and it got uh, high in the sky, came in 2006, and mm. opened up as that, so... That's all the attractions. Like I said, a lot of kid-heavy attractions, but you can't assume your kids will be able to ride everything because High in the Sky 
does have a height requirement as well as cat in the hat. So you have to be careful. Um, but in terms of one fish, two fish, and carousel, they're fine. Uh, just to go over dining real fast, Green Eggs and Ham Cafe. Which, which I always am trying to eat at, and I <laughs> it's been like a year and a half, and I feel like I'm never going to have Green Eggs and Ham. It's That's seasonal, so you'll catch it in summer and busier times, but they actually do serve a Green Eggs and Ham sandwich. Uh, Circus McGurkis Cafe, stupendous, which... Uh, the one f- or the high in the sky Seuss trolley train ride drives through there. Yeah, it's cool. It is the saddest restaurant. You never see anyone inside. It's, <laughs> the food's it, not that great. It's not that great. Like a lot of the dining at Islands of Adventure is not that great, but that's a different topic. Um, hop on pop ice cream shop. Mm-hmm. Get your ice cream. Moose juice and goose juice. My absolute favorite Dustin's thing ever. Favorite, yeah. It just disturbs me a little you bit. You got to say the moose goose or the juice goose. Moose goose, the moose juice or the goose. Ruining all up, but uh, shopping in the area, you got cats and hats and things. Mulberry's Street Store, Snookers and Snookers, Sweet Candy Cookers, and all the books you can read. Just you know, it's all Seuss. It's very Seussy. But that's not a bad thing if you like Seuss. Yep. So other than the fact that Mulberry Street is more like a muted, faded mauve at this point, it's a really great place to be. Ooh, you guys know that mauve. Mulberry Street is where he grew up, right? In Massachusetts? I didn't. They have a Dr. Seuss museum that I went to last Christmas there. Huh. Well, go check that out. I used to live on Mulberry Street. Hmm. Mm. Is the Mulberry actually a Mulberry? No. Okay. Well, then let's move into the Lost Continent, because <laughs> there's nothing else to say about that, then. Uh, Lost Continent, of course, we've already mentioned it at the top of the show. Now it's made up of Lost City and Sinbad's Bazaar, no longer Merlinwood, which was the home for the Flying Unicorn and Dueling Dragons. That's all in another section of the park now, I believe. But Lost Continent, you get your nice mythological-slash-Arabian-type sense. Uh, the theming's absolutely beautiful in the area however that's about as far as it goes because then attraction wise you get poseidon's fury uh which ended up on our so bad it's good list last year um (laughs) but then every time i go back and think about that list i rethink poseidon's fury being so bad it's good it does have its hokey effects to it and you're walking through this temple and the special effects are just amazing inside but the acting is god awful (gasps) i had the best actor yesterday i was just gonna say that was the one saving grace of the attraction you apparently had a bad person no i think the one saving grace is the uh the mom from arrested development being the uh the crazy evil witch lady (laughs) in it Right before you have to walk into the water tunnel. I do um, love that water tunnel. Buster, yeah, everyone loves the water tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie was like, is this real, Mom? Is that real water that they're... How are they making that do that? I was like, I don't know. It's Keep an, walking. It's an awesome aspect of the ride. I just wish I could have seen it when it opened and it was a big <laughs> Zeus versus Poseidon epic battle and not so much needing the, the terrible character actors in their Taylor, the name of your tour guide, right? I loved Taylor. Uh, I just don't understand. Yeah, they're all Taylor. It's a male-female name. It can work for anyone. It's I like understand. Chris, my Taylor awful. was great. It's like, Chris, grab my blacklist, Paul. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then also in that area, you have Mystic Fountain, which is still considered an attraction, but it's just a fountain that can magically talk to kids and then drench them in water if they get close. I know you said your kids love... Uh, Ellie loves that one, too. She wanted to spend 15 minutes talking to that fountain yesterday. She knows that there's a person talking for it, right? I'm not, Craig, I'm not, sure. not entirely magic. sure. Okay, <laughs> ruining the magic. Uh, right behind the Mystic Fountain, you'll find Simbad's The Eighth Voyage of Simbad's God Awful Stunt Show. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't. But seen Craig this. wouldn't know because you haven't seen I it. I refuse to see it. Oh. <laughs> I re- it's not that I haven't seen it because I've been busy. I refuse to see it. It is, you know. Again, I'm sorry we keep referring to Disney, but it is Universal's answer to the Indiana Jones Stunt Show. Um, not quite as exciting, although the set is very impressive and they use all aspects of it. The stunts are pretty good, but it's just, you know, it's hokey. Yeah. You get very, uh, depending on where you sit, you can get very wet when you're watching this show. Lots of exploding water. You know what? Just so all the attractions have less of a wait time, I recommend everyone goes and sees the eighth voyage (laughs) of Sinbad um, and make that idea and mind up yourself in your heads. Uh, dining, uh, the ever-touted mythos is in the, the Lost Continent. Uh, and, 
you know, we've eaten there before. We had a good good meal service there the last time we ate there. I don't know who in the room was actually with us for I that. I still haven't eaten there yet. I'm going to go. It is the two of two in terms of full service restaurants in the park. Um, and the prices aren't bad there, but make your own mind up about Mythos 2. Uh, and then other quick service ones in the area, Fire Eaters Grill and Doxagru's Desert Kebab House. And a lot of a lot of Middle Eastern food in those types of places, so sometimes good. Are we talking about dining good. plan stuff during this show? No. Okay, I'll save it. We'll talk about that on a separate one. Um, and then shopping in the area, because there's no really merchandise based on these attractions or anything. It's, once again, kind of like Port of Entry, a lot of gypsy stuff. So Treasures <laughs> of Poseidon, the Pearl Factory, the Coin Mint. Historic actually, families. Don't they have like palm reading there as well? They do. That was the last one. Star yeah. Souls. I think they have reading. Henna tattoos. Henna, yeah. They you do. can get like your coat of arms. You can get a sword or like a yeah, wizard holding a glass ball necklace. <laughs> wizard. <laughs> and let's be Find honest. family crest. No one actually cares about any of that stuff because anymore, the Lost Continent, if you're not at Mythos or Poseidon's Fury, that is a walking path to get to... Our next land, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, now labeled the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Hogsmeade for all of that promotional material. Uh, So that opened on June 18th, 2010, uh, after years of construction and anticipation. Yeah, it's been there for a while now. It's aged. Um, Not in a bad way, though. So the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Hogsmeade consists of three main areas now. You have the Hogsmeade Station, which is where the Hogsworth Express is, taking people back and forth from there in Diagon Alley. And then you can walk into Hogsmeade Village, as seen in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and then other movies on. And then the crowning achievement after all of it is Hogwarts Castle. But we'll start... uh, We don't really need to talk about Hogwarts Express. We've talked about it before. Yeah, on the last show. I mean, it's the train that goes back and forth. If you don't know what the Hogwarts Express is at this point, you are living under a rock, <laughs> I think. But just so you know, it is it is a different. Uh, I don't know if we said it in the last show. I can't remember, but it's a different experience going from, from each one park way to park. To the yeah, other. it is. I think I, we did talk about. I that. think it's better going from Hogsmeade to Diagon Alley. I agree. I yes. prefer that one. So yeah. I think it's th- that's actually a better experience to go across and then come right back. Uh, but moving in. The first thing you're going to see inside is Dragon Challenge, and that, of course, is the old Doling Dragons. And this it's okay, is right? outdoor roller coaster. It's fine. not my business. <laughs> yep, it's an outdoor suspended, used to dole roller coaster, roller coaster, <laughs> roller coaster that no longer moves at the same time uh, for reasons that we don't need to talk about. But it's still a fun ride, despite the fact that it does no longer duel. It's got an awesome queue. And so if you don't want to do the ride, I still recommend you walk all the way through the queue, although it is the longest queue I've ever seen in my life. It but is. It is. But it does tell some of the story of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So you got the Goblet of Fires in there, and, and it looks so cool. And the car is yeah. crashed. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, the Flying Ford Anglia. Then you have the, uh, the Triwizard Cup. Mm-hmm. You have a, a lot of stuff. It kind of ends after that. Uh, there's not much else to see. Back in the dueling days, there was always like skulls, and even Merlin was down in that queue. But uh, it gets pretty boring after that. But it's it goes upside down five times on each side, no matter wow. which one you ride. Chinese fireball, Hungarian horntail. Chinese fireball. Ooh. You choose which one you like best. Uh, if you're going on Dragon Challenge, as soon as you exit, you'll uh, kind of run right into Ollivander's which is technically a store, but it's kind of an attraction. It also is an attraction in itself because if you choose to not just walk straight into the store, you can maybe be in a group that gets to go inside and have your wand chosen. So for is you. that, is that still Ollivander's? It's still Ollivander's. It is the Hogsmeade branch of it. Okay. You can okay. still visit the original one though in Diagon Alley now. Uh, and people need to start taking more advantage of that because Diagon Alley, you can get in and out in like five minutes mm-hmm. because there's, Three or four bigger, different right? rooms. Yeah. It's so much bigger, but people are still waiting in hour lines over at Hogsmeade for some reason. If you have a one park ticket, you're stuck yeah. if you're there that day. But that's another good reason why to get the two park one. Uh, as you're making your way through, there will be a stage set up that sometimes you'll be able to see the frog choir and other times you'll see the Triwizard Spirit Rally. Two little 
two little shows. The uh, Frog Choir has students so with the frogs. This way it comes. They're they're awful singers. <laughs> uh, I'll just flat out say it. They're they're not great. I hate when they um like dubstep or whatever they're doing oh, when they're yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, they they're I'm straight like, out of Glee. Beatboxing. Yeah, yeah, beatboxing. Not dubstep- dubstepping. I don't think that's humanly possible. Dubstepping sounds like computer motors. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> drop that. Uh, Tri Wizard Spirit Rally is the uh, the Bobatons and the. Um, Durmstrangs come out and they kind of do their little dances and stuff. They're they're cute little shows. Try Wizard is better than Frog Choir. Put more money in that, I believe. That's if you have to I put money in that. Cool. I just yeah, understand this conversation at this point. Do flips. Really? Yeah. So, I, oh, uh, so back. I did meet my resolution, everyone. I watched all the Harry Potter movies. Yay. Okay, that's done. <laughs> uh, up at the top of the hill, Flight of the Hippogriff, so many hand which used to be uh, the Flying Unicorn way back in the day. It's a little kid's family style roller coaster that you get to uh, bow to a hippogriff and you get to see Hagrid's hut from the the queue line so it's it's nothing amazing but it's a cute little ride it's cute yep and of course the attraction des resistants uh harry potter and the forbidden journey inside my hogwarts castle favorite i maybe my favorite theme park attraction period it is mine, mine. unique just so awesome it yep. is a must see so I'll briefly go through the story of it. Uh, you are there and inside the entire Wizarding World because Dumbledore has lifted the enchantment that now muggles can run in freely. Oh. That was the original story when it opened up. And so you can go on a tour of Hogwarts where you'll learn about the history of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, of course, Harry, Ron and Hermione kind of get you and want you to go see a Quidditch match. And then... Oh, <laughs> Things ensue from there. <laughs> oh, I just want to say the queue line is almost an attraction in itself. Yeah, it's you do feel like you are walking through Hogwarts Castle. It's not just the moving a line. pictures are just everything is incredible. done yeah. perfectly. And it technically pictures, can sorry. be an attraction in itself because if you don't want to do the ride, if you can't handle motion simulators, because it is a moving motion simulator, not like Spider Man or Transformers, but it's on a giant Kuka robotic arm. So you're up about 15 feet in the air moving around on a bench. Uh, It's pretty intense. So if you just want to do a castle tour, just ask any of the students there, and they'll be able to let you just walk through the queue without riding. Still worthwhile. But, I I mean, I would go as far to say as this attraction, Hogwarts Castle, Forbidden Journey thing, is worth the park ticket just by itself. It's that that good. It's just unique. You, there's nothing like it because it's mm-hmm. it's it just it's so immersive. Again, it's like the most immersive like ride I've been on. It's mm-hmm. just it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, the attractions in the Wizarding World can't beat them. No. But uh, no. dining in the area, there's butterbeer carts set mm-hmm. up where you can get your hot, your cold, and now. Well, you can only get warm inside, but uh, yeah, I was you get say, butterbeer. Get, get uh, butterbeer. Yeah. Three broomsticks. You've got some. Not so authentic English fare there. I will say though, this is one of uh, in this park. It's actually, the best. I think it's the only place I'll eat in Islands of Adventure because it's yep. it's like I really actually enjoy the food. It's, there, it's great quality food. Yeah, uh, it's the only good quick service food right. in Islands of Adventure. Yep. Sure beats Circus um, McGurkus. <laughs> yep. Uh, right next to Three Broomsticks Connected is the Hogshead Pub, and that's where you can go and get some uh, English beers and some American beers, and it's it's really neat. I recommend the yep. Hogs Tea. It's like a Long Island mm-hmm. iced tea, but since they don't sell soda in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, they do like a, a uh, like a iced tea or something like that. It's real good. Yeah. I recommend the Hogshead Ale. Yep, it's well, another it's very good. like the ones in Diagon Alley and uh, in Springfield. They have their own unique Hogshead uh, beer that is also made by a Florida beer company. It's also another place where you can get butter beer. Exactly, with yeah. a shorter line usually. Yeah. Uh, shopping in the area, there's there's tons. You've got Honey Dukes where you get all your candy and sweets and chocolate frogs. The Alpost, uh, it's where you can actually send a letter that's marked as coming from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. A friend of mine sent me a letter like that. It was really cool. That oh, that's is cute. cool. Yeah. Uh, Dervish and Bangs is right there too, and that's got more uh, skull stuff, uh, as well as Ollivander's, where you can get wands. And then up at the exit of Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, you have Filch's Emporium of Confiscated Goods. And uh, that's just more Harry Potter-related merchandise. You can't escape it. The merchandise, though, I feel like of Harry Potter is just—it's top notch. Like it is. If you're going to spend some money on merchandise in this park, like save it for there because you can get anything and everything you can imagine Harry Potter-related in there. Yeah, and it's the stuff is all quality made. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, can't say enough good things about the Wizarding World. It's something that we talk about often because it is it's just the best. Yeah. Uh, but moving out of the Wizarding World, we'll go into Jurassic Park, and it's kind of based on the uh, the movie Jurassic Another Park. Another fantastically themed area. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I kind of told you about it the other time walking whenever we were walking around there this past week. Jurassic Park is really unique in that all of the foliage and trees in the area are authentic to the Jurassic. I didn't age. know this till you you wrote it and yeah. the thing. I thought that was a really cool. And as soon as you said that, like I I I was like, well, that explains it because when I step in there, I immediately am like, I'm in a jungle. Yeah. I'm you know, and here. it's two thousand degrees hot because yes, of all of the plants and areas. <laughs> reminds me of Animal Kingdom. Yeah, the but, Disney's Animal Kingdom. But it's just, I mean, it is Jurassic Park. Whenever you walk through there, mm-hmm. is about as close as you can get uh to be without actually being on the set of it and it's got so many things you'll recognize right out of jurassic park like the jurassic park discovery center uh Mm -hmm. which isn't quite like the main building in jurassic park but that's kind of their play on it gives you the feel yeah yeah the building uh is set up kind of similar and then down below once you walk into the uh discovery center that's where they'll have some some little uh things kids can run around on and plus we have a (laughs) t-rex You do have a T Rex, and they uh, <laughs> and they have the uh, the scientists walking around there with the eggs, and sometimes they'll be able to hatch the eggs and push push all that good stuff. Oh, come on, and come that's, on. That's where my favorite pun is in the entire park. They have one little section that's a quiz thing, and it says, "You bet Jurassic." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like that. Um, and then for other attractions you in the can, area. Oh, never mind. I'll say this in a minute. What's that? I, I'll, I have something to say, but it's later. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, other attractions. Jurassic Park River Adventure. Uh, yeah. One of the, the best water rides in Islands of Adventure. It puts knots in my stomach. The drop is much more intense, I think, than Splash Mountain. Or oh, anything. like it, I. But it is. It's in a different league it than is Splash cool. Mountain. It is just like. Eat the dinosaurs. Just, exactly. Yeah. When I went on this ride for the first time, I just got, um, you know, the hair was standing up on yeah. end everywhere because it felt, even though the dinosaurs were a little bit like. Some of them on the outside are a little. Some of like, them are a little rough these days. But it still just gives you chills because you feel like, oh, my gosh, this is it. I'm in yeah. Jurassic Park. But for outside animatronics in all those Florida conditions that are all, some of them are submerged in water as well. Mm -hmm. It's held up very, very well over the years. Also jungle cruise is pretty good at doing that as well. And that's like really old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now there's, uh, I should be able to do that too. It's one of my favorite attractions in the whole place. And it usually doesn't have that long of a line unless it's a super, super hot and Mm -hmm. uh, sunny day. Uh, but other attractions in the area, too. Camp Jurassic, which is a giant kids' play area. I mean, there's so much stuff to run around on and fossils and and jazz. Once again, it's another area that I don't usually go into because that would be weird. Uh, but that is also where you'll find the entrance to Pterodon Flyers, also known as P-Flyers. And that's a, uh, so a single rail roller coaster that, yes, it, you've never been on it. And I have been on it because I've gone two islands of adventure before with a kid that meets the height requirement because they have to be above 36 inches but below 52 i believe is the the exact one mcdonald's play place well it's it's a lot to do with the weight there can be issues with birds flipping over and you don't want to get into that stuff if you have two heavy adults on it i mean heck it might even fall down one day who knows what could happen (laughs) but yeah, you have to be with a kid that's in the certain height range. It's a really small, cute ride, but uh, it's got great views of the entire park. That's one of the best parts of it. Um, and then in the past, there was also the Triceratops Discovery Tale. That opens up every couple years just for a very short time whenever it's really busy. And it hasn't been open for a while. Um, dining, you're going to have the watering hole, burger digs, pizza predatoria. Thunderfall's Terrace, once again, just all and really standard bad theme. Find yeah, Chilean sea bass anywhere. No. They did. Park. They did spare no expense. <laughs> did not spare. They did not spare no expense. Yeah, you'll find a, <laughs> there we go. You'll find a ton of food back in this section, but unfortunately, once again, there's just nothing that's really that good back there. 
Uh, shopping is pretty pathetic, too. You have Jurassic Park merchandise, uh, but you can only find it in the Dino Store, which is part of the Discovery Center, and then Jurassic Park Outfitters, which is at the end of River Adventure. But, you know, Jurassic Park, it's great. It's beautiful, and it might be getting interrupted with Kong. But, it, I mean, where that's a... Uh... I mean that's one of the, I, one of my favorite movies. I think one of the best movies ever made, and and it is one of the few books in my life that I've I'm I think I've read it three or four times, and like I'm going to read it again this summer. Like it's just it stands the test of time. It's just a really it's a fun fun island. We're totally agree. That, you know? Well, and the next one stands the test of time, Toon Lagoon, because I guess there's still cartoons in newspapers. <laughs> Sunday funnies, I love it for that reason. Yep, and that's why it's so colorful in there because every day in Toon Lagoon is a Sunday. All the comics have come to life in bright, vivid color. And this one is bright and vivid as compared to the Dr. Seuss. It's also extremely wet. So if you're going to go to this land, you need to wear a bathing suit. Step sideways wherever you go to. Lagoon, hence water, because the attractions in this area are Dudley Do-Rights Rips Off Falls. And that is... Riding in a bathtub. Yeah, it's the Splash Mountain style ride based off of Dudley Do-Right that's... Uh, part of Rocky and Bullwinkle and you just get absolutely soaking wet. Yeah. Um, it's a great ride. And then you have Popeye and Bluto's Bill Drett barges and mm-hmm. that's a water raft ride. Um, and once again, you go on it, you get completely soaking wet. Unlike a lot of these types of attractions, um, usually it's only one or two people that walk off not that wet no, instead of one strange. or two people no. getting well, well I used to work at Cali River Rapids, and, you know, you'd have to be sitting in that magic seat to get wet. Otherwise, everybody else came out with a couple sprinkles of water, you know. Exactly. And then right connected to Bluto's is uh, Me Ship the Olive. That's Popeye Ship. It's a playground-type area, and it's also got guns that you can shoot people with water that are riding on Popeye and Bluto's. So very, very, very water-centric there, but... It's also just really fun, and everyone's grown up watching these, or not watching, sorry, reading Mm -hmm. the Sunday funnies and seeing all these characters, so even if it's something you don't remember, you you still might be like, oh, that's my trip down memory lane, seeing Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's even if it's generic, it's still, like, if it's become generic for you, you still, you recognize it, you you appreciate it, it's, it's, again, it's like the architecture, whimsical, yeah. It's great. Dagwood Family Circus. Well, and Mm -hmm. the gags that are in the area, too. Like, Family Circus, one of the big things was always they would do the the dotted line all the way around the comics to see where they started and where they end. And they even do that in this park, too. So they take all those little touches that you see in them, and you'll find it there. Uh, Dining, you have Wimpy's, which is never open anymore. It might one day. Uh, Blondie's, home of the Dagwood Sandwich. Yeah, I don't know what a Dagwood sandwich is. Is that from the comic it's, book? Yeah. Does, it, does it look like that thing in the building? Yeah, it's just a giant stack sandwich with all types of meats. But mm, we learned okay. no vegetarian slash vegan options there. No, well, I mean, they did have a vegetarian <coughs> option, but it just wasn't appealing. Basically, they were giving me a sandwich with lettuce and tomatoes. Yeah, and uh, then Kathy's ice cream, because everyone loves Kathy. Mm. And uh, Comic Strip Cafe, that's your your food court uh, type dining restaurant for that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, shopping, you have Gasoline Alley, the Betty Boop store, which Betty Boop will be standing out of there from time to time, and uh, Tune Extra. So, and this just has a lot of uh, random universal merchandise in this area, but then also cartoon specific merchandise too. Some of the Popeye stuff is it's actually really cool if you take the time to look at it, but I guess that's if it's your cup of tea or not. But Tune Lagoon, great, great land. I like it. Uh, And that, last but not least, Marvel Superhero Island. Um, So the story I know of Marvel Superhero Island might not be the correct one, but it's the one I was told, is that all of the Marvel Universe was on one giant asteroid that struck down into the ground (laughs) and unleashed the entire Marvel Universe. And I believe I do have a picture, too, of the... uh, Explosion? Of the explosion area. If you've been in the park, you'll see random... It's like five or six yellow pillars 
that are shooting up out of the ground with kind of a cloud under. Oh, that I didn't know what that was. (laughs) From what I was told, that's where the explosion happened. And that's why you see all the characters coming out of there. And then they inhabited this entire island. May or may not be true, but that's what I've heard at least. Um, And the theming of the area is just Marvel Comics. So you'll see all those characters that are from Marvel in their comic state, not their their movie state as they've become popular over the years. Uh, But then even like the stores and dining places, it just flat out will say like store. And that's how you know it's a store. And the comic (laughs) book store just says comics. Yeah. So it's very it's just like anything you would actually read right out of a comic book. Um, And then one of the neatest parts of this whole area is that all the characters around were done by the same artist. I don't know his last name. His first name's Adam. Stanley. Oh, no. no okay. <laughs> the guy who illustrated the ones for the park. Oh, okay. Uh, his name's Adam, and he, since he couldn't sign anywhere on there, he hid his name in each one of the characters. So if you're making your way through there, take a look at the characters. I put in oh. one. That's of Captain America. You can... You can see Adam on there, and oh, he cool. signed every one of those characters. So it's something fun to pass the time if you're sick of doing attractions. Um, and again, they have some really great meet and greets in this area. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. They have the villains and the heroes, and they come out on these bikes. It's really cool. Yeah, you'll see Doctor Doom, Captain America, Storm, the X-Men. They're Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah. There's, it's, it's fun, and they do come out on those trikes, and it's kind of a little big show mm-hmm. how it all happens. Uh, I wanted to update us all in the... Uh, about can Marvel stay in Islands of Adventure forever? Uh, it's always the big question. That's always the big question. I was browsing around trying to find the answer, and uh, I did find one courtesy of Yesterland.com, a uh, kind of a history website that's out there, pretty popular. And apparently Marvel can stay there forever because when they did the original contracts with MCA, the only deal was as long as they upkeep and maintain the entire area and keep it relevant, then it will be there forever. Well, so like really these movies that have been coming out are just doing this park a service because it, that's what makes it relevant. And exactly. I, yeah. It's, I, I had read somewhere too that that's interesting because I had read that it was at least 35 years. So it's an interesting to know yeah. that like it's forever. I, so. I read the contract too because they had a, uh, a picture of it on that site and I couldn't see anything about time. Oh. Just just that one clause in it. Are they allowed to add to it, or is it just you have to keep it as is? I don't know. Good question. Uh, <laughs> big attractions in the area. Arguably the second best attraction in the park. I was just going to say. The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man. <laughs> I, this Not is my second favorite ever like theme park attraction I've I love on. this ride. Yeah, I, it set the whole trend for universal style of moving motion simulators. I, when this thing came out, everyone just raved mm-hmm. about it. I mean, every Travel Channel special you'd watch back then. Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, the best ride in the park. And it, it still holds up, especially once they updated the uh, the, the actual high, screens yeah. and took it into 4K high def. It's yeah. beautiful. The story still is still stands. Fan- the queue is awesome. Yeah. I love it. Like you walk through and it's kind of like, I, I don't know if it's intentionally black and white, but like the offices are all, it's just a really yeah. cool. Going it's through just, the Daily Bugle yeah. and it's very, it's very comic-y. Um, Watch for the eight or so Stan Lee cameos. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> should be a drinking game. You'll be in the <laughs> hospital by the time you're out of the ride. <laughs> uh, you can't miss the the next attraction, uh, Dr. Doom's Fearfall. Uh, it's the two giant towers that instead of like a normal drop ride taking you all the way up and then letting you plummet, does the opposite. It shoots you straight up. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of bob and bounce on your way down. It, the scariest part is being shot up. Coming down, you just kind of float like a feather. But I prefer it. I always hated being dropped, whereas mm-hmm. I like I don't mind the shoot up. Right. So I can do this where I can't. I mean, I can do Tower of Terror, but I can't do like the the big ones you see at Cedar Point or Six Flags mm-hmm. where you're outside hoping you don't die. Yeah, that's my. That's <laughs> it's my. It's not much of a free fall. It's more yeah. of like Park a shooting. Hope always. But it's a fear <laughs> fall. Uh, sorry, uh, Incredible <laughs> Hulk roller dramatic. coaster. The coaster you can hear from anywhere in the park because I love this roller coaster. I mean, it's got one of the most dramatic lift hills because it's not a lift hill. It shoots you out at 40 miles an hour into a loop, which then you go into three more right after that and end off the entire ride going upside down seven times. Mm-hmm. Well, they, it's a long roller coaster. It is. Cool thing about the Hulk is that if, if 
even on busy days, it typically doesn't have that long of a line. It moves really quick. The only time you're really going to wait is if you want to wait for the uh, front row. Yeah. And it just, this thing roars no matter where you are, though, Mm -hmm. because they don't have any sand inside the actual rails, which that's what most normal roller coasters do to kind of dampen that sound. But this one, they took it out. So that's why it's just so loud and piercing no matter where you are. I mean, you can't cool. have a conversation anywhere around this. No, right? Can't. Don't answer but, the phone right there. Uh, and it lo- moves at such a speed. Like, my brain actually starts to feel a little bit like jello by the time oh, the end of the ride is over. It makes me dizzy. But for most people that love coasters, this is the best coaster in the park, maybe even Orlando. So that's that's high accolades. And then if you're done with Incredible Hulk, go ride Stormforce Accelotron, their teacup style ride <laughs> that is slightly stormish i love it i went on it yesterday with my kids we had a great time we thought it was better than the teacups don't tell alice fantastic dining in the uh the area you can't be let down with captain america diner or cafe four based off of the fantastic four characters or you can't be let down Set it's all whatever you want to do <laughs> uh shopping in the area like we said all the stores have pretty blank names but you have a comic book shop uh, oakley store which is just kind of random that you can get oakley's yeah, yeah, right in the middle superheroes uh, wear glasses come on man yep spider-man has a shop uh the marvel alterniverse store is there and then it's not so much a shop but the one arcade of the park is in this area and it's kingpin's arcade if you like to do it but yeah that's uh that's the entire park yeah. in general so all the way around um Huge park, amazing, a lot of stuff to see. And then just briefly talk about the seasonal events because there's really not any. They have Grinchmas over at Seuss Landing. It's a cute, like, it's a cute show. It's like the retelling of the story hybrid of the movie, mm-hmm. I guess, because it, yeah. it's really the exactly. Grinch from the movie. And like, but it's a nice, like, it's, it's surprisingly cool emotional. Yeah. And it's backed with the music of Mannheim Steamroller. And that, of course, is, uh, the the Grinch Miss show, and then there's also a, a breakfast with the Grinch that you can attend to that, and you can meet the movie Grinch as well as some of the Who's during this time too. But that's kind of the only thing that happens. I mean, the Horror Nights did happen twice in the past there, once in Only Islands of Adventure, and the other time a dual, uh, hmm. dual park one. But that's that's it in terms of that. It's nothing else. So. I'll say, like, as we went through this, what I, what I found interesting is, like, I always associate this as, like, the thrill ride um, theme park. Like, alternative yep. to, like, Universal is a lot more, like, the themed adventure rides or something. And, I, and like, as we were talking about it, like, I really think Islands of Adventure caters to both sectors really well. Like, you've got your rides for the teens, adults, whatever. But then there's always a kids-friendly area. I think it has better kids go. stuff than Universal Studios does. Absolutely agree. Yeah. I, I think that Universal Studios, the the kids, the Woody Woodpecker area was, like, an afterthought compared to yeah. this, which was yeah. built right into the park. And it's nice. So you can, like, even out the day instead of having to be like, all right, now we have to sit here for two hours and, like, spend whatever time here. So that's mm-hmm. just a nice, like, and, little note. And I even people. think it's perfect for people who just like to wander the park looking it around mm-hmm. because there is such great theming everywhere. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's an absolute must do. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to Universal, you might as well do both parks. I mean, at this point, you should just, yeah, you should be doing the two park ticket because you can't miss Diagon Alley, Harry Potter alone, you know, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Totally agree. But uh, I think that's actually going to do it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. So we'll be back next week with the buzz and our coverage of a celebration of a Harry Potter. But until then, we will be back next time for another edition of the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. How many more times can I say that?